Hello and welcome to Hearth Fire Tales. If you are new to this channel, excellent. You are right where you need to be. This little mini episode is a small little recap of what the story is so far for our main campaign, The Division Bell. If you're looking for some shorter stories that are not our long running campaign, check out Whispering Ashes if horror is your taste or check out Midwinter Tale for some, just some heartwarming fun. And if you want just something that's a little bit chaotic and just typical D&D nonsense, check out our miniseries Everdale, where I, Dylan, your DM, I'm the DM for Everdale and the Division Bell. Jim, one of our players, is the DM for Midwinter Tale. And finally, Ryan is the DM for Whispering Ashes. You'll get to see a whole lot of us, but, if you're looking to get into the main campaign, then here is where you need to be. For you see, this is Lethwan, the land of might, magic, and metal! Or as some people have rightfully pointed out, the land of might, magic, and music. Um, for you see, a lot of this world, its characters, and even some of the storylines have been inspired by the music that we all love to listen to. So. Let's talk about bands, shall we? Because you see, bands of adventurers are popping up here, there, everywhere, all across Eth1. And for good reason. For you see, it's more than just bands that are appearing. More and more strange monsters and twisted aberrations and monstrosities are beginning to appear in the land. This isn't your standard Forgotten Realms game because in Lethwan, monsters are only coming into existence. They're created by the influence of extraplanar energy seeping into the material plane, causing mutations and evolutions to the beasts and people of the lands of Lethwan. We have seen the creation of twisted chimeras in all shapes and forms, uh, some that make more sense than others. <laughs> The birth of Sahaugan and Merfolk, or as they're affectionately called in the world, uh, Mr. Fishters. We have seen the creation of Mind Flayers in the form of edgy teenagers who wear too much black and purple and jump around like a frog in a pond because my players just hate me. <laughs> These monsters in the past were handled by the Hoots Force. Death One's mightiest hero, formed by the mightiest hero of all, the Hootsman, ruler of all of Death One, after he single-handedly united the land, stopping 20 years of civil war. But now, as more and more of these monsters emerge, and the Hoots Force spend more and more time just patrolling highways, protecting merchants and businesses, it is up to bands of adventurers to rise up and save the day. And one day, hopefully, becoming big enough for bards to sing songs of their exploits and be invited to Vale Ga, where they can join other Hoots Force members in entertaining the masses with big pro wrestling style exhibition matches in the capital city. But our story is not yet in Vale Ga. Our story begins with Sid a young punk rock ranger from the commune of librarians known as Town. Sid has chosen to write his thesis on these new strange monsters and has set out with his mutant rat companion Fink to document 
all of the new life forms across the land. And it's definitely not just a Pokemon reference, we swear. Early on, he meets Khan, a veteran ex-paladin, and together they enter and dominate a battle of the bands, leading them to meet Michaela, a half-warp woman who asks them to join her organization, a shadowy group known as Bulwark. Setting them on their first quest, the band who can honestly never decide on a name, we just, we've given up, there's been embedded a dozen names at least. This band were sent to Stone's Reach, a town that was going through some troubles. On the way, they found a small fishing village that had somehow, through the interference of Sid's rival Axel, been transformed into a village full of fish monsters. Remember the Mr. Fishers? Yeah, these guys. Our band saved who they could, put down the rest, and they moved on. But before they could get far, they were met by the Hoots Force themselves, who were en route to investigate this town. The Hoots Force then proceeded to wipe the memories of our bands and subsequently burned down the entire village, removing any evidence of these monsters or the village itself. After arriving in Stone's Reach, they set off to find Stormzy the Druid, blissfully unaware of everything that had happened prior. Stormzy turned out to also be a scholar from town and helped him... Uh, Stormzy happened to also be a scholar from town and there they helped him perform a ritual to close a rift to the elemental planes that was leaking energy and pure magic into the material plane. But not before Fink managed to absorb some of this energy, giving him honestly sick as fuck elemental forms, and again definitely not a Pokemon reference, they then went and investigated the source of nightmares that had been plaguing the town, and found in the nearby abandoned mine Two twins who were abandoned by their parents years ago when they were only infants. Two twins that had begun to mutate and evolve. One going high into the mountains, living her life as a satyr who can control illusions and taking the name Sun. The other went deep into the mines. Deep where he was found by the same member of the Hoots Force that had previously wiped our hero's minds. He experimented on this twin, developing his powers as he grew and mutated fully into Bellacor, the Mind Flayer. Knowing that Maynard, this Mind Mage, would know that his lair and his experiments had been tampered with, the party rushed back to Stone's Reach and prepared for a final showdown. And in this fight, Sid squared off with this Mind Mage who revealed that he had learned his ways from the dreamers of town. Sid finally downs him before giving Fink a single command. Feast. Meanwhile, Khan fought off the barbarian Araya and ultimately gave his life in sacrifice to save the townsfolk of Stone's Reach, holding up a burning inn with his own bare hands before letting a fall, killing himself and the final Hoots Force member. After a hero's funeral, Sid returned to town, needing to report his findings on the Hoots Force, the nature of mutations, and the proof of existence of other planes. 
After six months of study and preparation, Sid was granted an audience with not only the elders of town, these venerable keepers of knowledge, but also an audience with town's secret guardian, a sphinx named Rikara. Rikara let Sid in on a whole host of secrets, mainly that the original guardian and ruler of town was a dragon named Emeralia, who is also a part of a secret conclave of dragons across all of Lethuan. Emeralia was killed in a large attack along with many other dragons towards the end of the War of Unity. She also told them that the Hoots Force had been stealing knowledge, a grievous sin in town. A particularly dangerous book known as the Necrogoblicon had been stolen from town's most guarded vaults. And the per and the person who had previously been tasked to return it, Sid's very own father, had not yet returned and has been missing for years. Finally, we have Melody. The bar that was assigned to the band by Michaela so long ago, Melody has just arrived in town with a young man named Bren. Or should I say a young tiefling named Bren? You see, tieflings are completely unknown in Lethwan, being of infernal heritage. They shouldn't exist. So Bren has been hiding away in secret, going out only with the help of his Ring of the Skies, and has now been tasked by Michaela to join Melody and Sid as they go back to his hometown, the capital city of Azumakia, and take part in one more battle of the bands so that they can get closer and spy on the Hoots Force. And that is where we are now. So you're all up to date. Enjoy the rest of the podcast. Get stuck in. Don't forget to leave ratings and reviews. Thank you so much for listening. Check out all of our links in the show descriptions. And until then, stay dangerous.